Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Dear Abby. Let me get this situated. Um, Welcome back. I hope you had a great week so far, and I'm excited to have some fun today. Trying to bring high energy, but um, I actually do have high energy. I'm on one of I'm on a high because I just finished watching Dancing with the Stars, the finale, and I am shamelessly I love that show and I love watching people cry and be vulnerable and that makes me feel a lot more normal in my big emotions and making things a little bit dramatic. So I loved it and I'm in a good mood. (laughs) I also just got back from camping with my boyfriend who, by the way, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode last week, I don't really do bonus episodes, so last week was a rare gem. Um, I had my boyfriend on, and we talked about our relationship, kind of how we met, our story. It's a little bit messy. And then we talked about just relationships in general and things that we've learned about each other and learned about how to maintain a good, healthy relationship. Why is this spinning out of control? Me, so just to give... If you haven't listened to it yet, I thought it was a good episode. I thought Kian had great things to say. And I also thought that our story was a little bit crazy and a little bit weird because I don't know if you guys know this, but me and Kian met like six years ago randomly in a different state for two seconds. And it was just like a brief like, hey, I saw you wearing a what we said hoodie. My, my my sister-in-law is on that podcast and I was like oh that's my sister my sister's Chelsea so we're like oh cool and then that was it never thought about it he never thought about it and then here we are post everything that's happened post divorce and we met and we didn't make the connection until later so we talk about that as well well I mean that is the story so I kind of just spoiled it gotcha uh that's pretty much the story and then just a lot of back and forth when we first met whether we should date date or not because I think we're both hesitant and so we get into all of that so it was a fun episode it's always fun to have a co-host I was thinking how weird it is that I feel very normal talking to myself (laughs) in front of a camera and and on like a podcast like it's very normal for me to sit with my own thoughts and to process them and I usually process them internally but it's kind of nice to externally say stuff and I it's weird how how it feels very natural to me to just like talk like this and I don't feel weird there's not a lot of pauses honestly when I edit it's like I kind of have to cut stuff out because I talk too much which is funny because if you ever meet me in person you guys and those of you that maybe have met me somewhere it depends on my mood and who I'm with honestly I'm, I'm sometimes like really outgoing but most of the time I will probably make you feel not uh, I'm usually like pretty awkward, I'd say. I'm confident, but I don't think I'm someone that is 
going to go above and beyond to make someone feel not awkward. I just like don't have, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's not a talent of mine. So yeah, but I can talk for hours by myself with, you know what the worst is actually for someone like me. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I hate group settings. Like I really hate group settings when you know, like maybe two people and then everyone else is like, you kind of know, I do not I do not thrive in those settings. I do so bad. Like I get so in my head. That's when I get very socially anxious and normally I don't really care. But not like with my family. Like with my family, I am the probably the loudest person. Uh, well, depends on the day again, but I can be very, very loud. But I think with like friends or new friends or new groups, I'm probably going to be the quietest one. Um, but I might crack a joke every once in a while, which sometimes land sometimes don't so yeah but I thrive like this one-on-one I am great I'm great one-on-one honestly I'm still looking for a job haven't found one since so next time you guys might see me in a different location possibly if I can't you know make ends meet as they say so this has been yeah this has been a really interesting I've been pretty hopeful on finding a job and everything working out where I can stay here. But to be honest, I'm not really sure about it anymore. Uh, I have a couple, I have a little bit left. (laughs) I have a little bit of savings, but I don't really want to go into my savings. I'm a little bit overwhelmed, to be honest. So a quick story from this past week. I, so we went camping just on kind of on a whim, Keaton invited me. He had to get, he was shooting some content. It was beautiful. Like the whole trip was really beautiful. We were in a beautiful location, but it kind of reminded me of how hard it is for me to be bored. Like, I think that's very, like everyone, it's really hard for everyone to be bored right now. Just day-to-day life, especially maybe my age people, but I feel like more so it's kind of everyone, to be honest. Old people are on TikTok and Instagram too and Facebook. They love Facebook. So they're constantly scrolling as well. I've seen it. And it's really hard to just sit there and be bored. And especially with my mind, I've noticed that when my OCD starts to flare up, it's usually like on trips or something that I, you know, in my head, I feel like I should be enjoying, which is like trips with someone I love and any kind of occasion, honestly. That's when my OCD gets the worst. So I've just been able to be okay yes this is how I'm probably going to feel I might not though I might just feel great so I'm not going to attach to like I'm always this way I'm not ever this way um whatever happens happens but I've noticed how hard it is for me to be bored like I hate being bored that's what that's what we're talking about today also that's why I thought of it but I we were just driving and Keaton was listening to his music to be honest I don't really love his music I mean, I kind like there's some songs I like, but most of the time I'm like, oh, I wish we had my music on. But I also can just sit there and act like not act like I enjoy it. Just I can just sit there and white knuckle my way through it. But when we got there and there was just nothing to do, like there's just there's nothing to do when you camp. There, there's I try so hard to really, really love camping. And I, and I decided that I need to be in a group as much as I love people in my life if I go one-on-one with no matter who it is I most likely will be like going crazy because I'm so bored and 
I don't know if that's like a bad thing. <laughs> Maybe it is, but I've just learned that that's where my OCD or my anxiety or my worry brain starts to flare up is because I'm like, okay, I'm bored. So like, let's just worry then. And it's a choice that I make, but it's like and up until the last couple of months, I've noticed that it's just like an automatic choice. Like I didn't think I had a choice to worry like or to not worry. I think being bored is so important because every time I'm bored, I feel like I can create something and I love it. And it's just like for no reason. Like I love doing things for no reason. I'm trying. Well, I don't love it yet, but I'm trying to. I sometimes love it. Sometimes I hate it. But I want to do more things just for no reason, but just to like enjoy my life. And that's for some reason really hard for me to do. When I was bored. Also, just camping is so boring sometimes. I've I've learned that with men especially, and maybe as a woman, if you love camping, then you, you are like this too. But it's half the time you're camping Okay, 90, 80% of the time you're putting stuff away, taking stuff out, talking about what else you need to go camping with and planning. Then the rest of it is just sitting like on a chair that's a little bit uncomfortable and just like looking at nature, which don't get me wrong, you know, I love nature, but it depends on my mood, <laughs> you know, it really just depends on my mood. And I feel like a brat because I, there's a lot of God's creations that I really love and there's certain types of nature that I really gravitate towards, but I'm just not like I've, I'm, I've learned that I'm not a mountain person. I don't love the mountains. Okay. Sue me. I don't love the mountains. I think they're pretty for a second. Then I get really bored and, but I love other creations. You know, I love, I love, uh, people I love, I do, I do though. I'm just kidding. That's just like a classic joke. Like, oh, I love people, but do I? It's like, no, I actually do really love people. I love the way that their brains work. I love what they love. I love listening to people talk about what they like to do. I love watching what someone creates. And I love the city. I love, I love cities built by men and like cool skyscrapers and stuff like that. And I love the city. Like I just, that's what I feel like. That's where my heart opens is the best way I can explain it for my boyfriend his heart opens definitely in nature and he loves it I love the beach that's more the nature that I vibe with the woods I feel like just constantly scared I'm going to get mauled by a bear just constantly I'm constantly thinking about if a bear appeared right now when I was going to the bathroom in, the, in nature I was like I'm going to get mauled by a bear what am I supposed to do play dead because it's a brown bear if it's brown lie down if it's black stay back wait Wait, if it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. I think my grandpa told me that. And I rem remember that because I have a weird fear of bears. I think they're so cute. So scared of them in nature. And I just feel like it's going to happen to me one day. Uh, Okay, anyways, I went on a very long tangent. But basically, it had me thinking about boredom. And that's something that I is really hard for me to be bored. And I, and I realized that's when I want to worry and that's when I want to kind of click into my OCD thoughts and just let that, you know, lead me down the rabbit hole. And I think it's sometimes, not all the time because I'm bored. Sometimes I just am really scared and, you know, sometimes I'm not bored at all and it's still, I still do that or that's still a temptation. <laughs> but sometimes it's simply, I think, just because I'm used to it and I'm bored. Like my mind is bored and it's like, I want to think about something, give me something. So I'm like, okay, sure, run with this. And it's really hard to cut that habit to 
just be bored and just, you know, take it all in and be present for a little bit. Because I do think thinking is good. I think it is very helpful with life and most a lot of things. But if the brain is very similar to someone's brain like me, you have to learn how to try to minimize the negatives when it comes to a very hyperactive brain and very much like analyzing, like always trying to find like things underneath the the first layer and then the second layer and the third layer. It's like I'm trying constantly to find all those. I don't know if that makes sense, but whatever. So something that I am trying to incorporate more in my life is being bored and watching less stimulating things, um, engaging in less stimulating content and being, and you guys that when I'm bored, I'm so uncomfortable when I'm bored. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm just incredibly uncomfortable. I feel so vulnerable. I think when I'm bored, which is really interesting. I think it's just like being bored also equals to me, like not worrying and just having it just be like a an empty, just empty stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels so weird to me and I don't like being bored. Um, But that's where my OCD comes. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that then and just be bored more often and just see where that takes me and learn a little bit more about myself because I'm not just at all and neither are you if you have some kind of mental illness or some kind of ailment. That's not all you are and that's not who you are. You are not your OCD. You are not your anxiety. You are someone who experiences anxiety. You're someone who experiences OCD. And you are so much more than that. Yes, it's a small, it is such a small sliver and it feels like it's your whole life. And it feels like it's everything all encompassing. It is not. And it just takes a while to reconnect to that and reconnect with yourself. And I think boredom I'm learning is a way that I can very much trigger myself, but to then work on when that OCD comes and it's like, click me, click me, you know, think about this, think about this to be like, I'm just going to choose not to, I don't know the consequences of that, but I'm just, I'm going to choose not to think about that and just be really bored and uncomfortable and feel very vulnerable. Um, so yeah, so I learned that I don't love camping that much. I don't love the woods that much. Um, I can appreciate it, you know, as much as someone else can appreciate anime if they don't like it, but I, it's not, it's not for me. And I, but I love the views, honestly. I do really love the views. So as I was discovering that I don't love the woods, I don't love camping. Like I do if there's a big group and there's activities. I, I get really bored and very, this is not fun for me. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm chilling. And I love my boyfriend so much. And I'm glad I went because it's just fun to spend time with him. But I would not do that very often doesn't matter who it is doesn't freaking matter who it is it could be a member of bts and i would not want to go camping with them it's just not that often you know and i have a really hard time with not liking things other people like because i think it and in my head i'm like well does that make me like ungrateful or do i not see the beauty in it like they do and it's like maybe (laughs) obviously i don't see the beauty in it like they do like it doesn't do the same thing to me internally. It doesn't give me the same feelings, emotions. It's just like I'm just not mentally and emotionally tied to something the same way someone else is. Nor are they emotionally 
and uh, mentally tied to something that I love and that like makes me feel very happy. So I've been trying and in my relationship, we didn't talk about this at all last week, but this is something I've always struggled with is I take things very personally and I don't love it. It doesn't make my life better at all. It just makes me feel like a victim. Um, and I've been really trying to like not do that as much. And I've been really, really good at not taking anything personally. Like even if my boyfriend didn't like the music that I listened to, I would get like, well, why do you think I'm, I would just take it very personally. I don't know. It was not a good trait to have. I also have never really been un, you know what they say, like unapologetically yourself. I'm very uh, apologetically myself. Like I'm like, I'm so sorry that I don't like, I just say sorry. And I used to say sorry way more than I do now. And I still think saying sorry is important when you actually are sorry for something, but not like just to like, like kind of get your partner or the relationship that you're in to just try to make them like you more because you're saying sorry more. So that means they like, it's like your way of, I don't know, like giving them the power, but like kind of in a way you're trying to get something back by just lowering yourself so much and being like a victim or like, I don't know, so much that you then actually are trying to like get a reaction out of them and trying to get them to say like, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to like I I know that I don't so I don't need someone else like a grown person to tell me that but I used to I used to I was the biggest victim like mentality in the world sometimes it still seeps in I'm gonna be honest but I I really don't let it control me but I I, that's still in there you know I think it's it'll be there for a long time anyways so I've been practicing being unapologetically myself and I bugs me because I hate things that are said over and over and over again it just starts to lose its meaning but that's what life is honestly I'm sure every hundred of years like every couple hundred years everyone just repeats the same things over and over again like it's the first time anyone's ever said that and that's just like being unapologetic for the things that I love and that I like to do in my free time and that I'm not that good at that doesn't really have that much meaning to it that is kind of for no reason but things that also have a reason to me and also have a lot of meaning, it's like just the multi-faceted human that I am to be unapologetic about it. Some days I like this music, some days I don't. And that's just like, uh, I'm not a very consistent person, to be honest. With some things, with my values, I try to be. But with other random stuff, I'm really not. It just really depends on my mood. Um but yeah, I, I used to take offense to like if my boyfriend didn't like, like he doesn't like anime. We talked about that a little bit last week. That's a big deal for me, you guys. That's a really big deal that I'm dating someone that doesn't love anime or like is as, he is nerdy in some ways, but I honestly feel like I'm more of, like I want to play video. This is such a pick me thing, okay? And this is true though, okay? And I don't do it for the for men's eyes. I do it for me. And I play games that guys don't like, which are like the girly games that you like are a fairy and you fly around or, you know, other stuff. But anyways, I want to play video games more than my boyfriend does. I just like I could play video games all day. I love it. And not like I don't like being mean on video games. I like cutesy video games, but I do love Apex and some scary like fun battle royale type games, too. Anyways, and... I am just 
accepting. And you know what? I've been starting to feel a little bit insecure about liking video games because I'm an adult now and something about it's like I just feel like I can see comments being saying stuff like you're an adult now. Why don't you do adult things? Which I'm like, I do plenty of adult things. Okay. Again, no one has ever said this to me. This is just things that I've seen. That's why I hate the internet sometimes is because you're like internalizing things that people you don't even know. They're random opinions about you. Not even about you. Again, it's weird. Um, Just about people that are similar to you, maybe that you see. Anyways, and I've just, I'm putting my foot down and I am an adult, but I also love video games. Okay. Sue me. I love anime. (laughs) Yes, I, I very much love and I will cry in haiku or any sport anime any anime honestly but the ones that aren't that big of a deal they wouldn't be in real life but in the anime they make it like the craziest spike you've ever seen and there's a whole story arc behind it and someone just reaches a point that they never thought they'd reach I will cry every time okay yes I love that and you know what I love really dramatic um animated cap cut videos that are put together that say you know there's like naruto and then there's like then there's luffy and then there's a bunch of characters from full metal alchemist and all of these random things and they have beautiful quotes and they say it and it's just little short videos of each of the animes and it's about like accomplishing your goals or reaching for the stars and or being courageous or being brave i love i will eat that up every single time i love it It motivates me and makes me want to go work out. It makes me want to actually go after what I want. So I'm not going to apologize for that. Okay. So what? That's a little kid in me that I want to keep alive because it's a little part of me that feels very inspired by what other people can create and the stories that they can create. Because I think that's a very godlike thing is creating a character, creating a story and making it up and down, up and down. And then they surpass what they thought they were capable of doing. I love that stuff. And you know what? I also love reality TV. I don't love a lot of it. Sometimes it gets a little bit emotionally draining and I and I don't want to waste it on that. But I love Survivor. I love when people cry in reality TV. I love Dancing with the Stars finale. When everyone's sharing that they didn't think they'd be a good dancer and they didn't like to look at themselves dancing. And now they're really proud about where they've come. I, lo- I will eat that up every time. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy. And it inspires me to just like do it myself. I love really dramatic anime. Any, not just anime. I love any dramatic fight scene. You know, where there's lightning. There's colors that don't make sense with the power that they have. When there's a really stupid name that goes with the punch. And I love that stuff. I will always eat that up. I love little moments that seem meaningless, but they're so meaningful to me. And I will not lower. That's the other thing. I think after my divorce and just having OCD and just, it feels like my life has been flipped upside down, which it was, but I'm learning again. I'm kind of where my emotions are and how much I love caring about things because I, I, have been through not caring. I've been through caring too much. And then I went back to not caring at all because I'm like, I just feel like I'm too much. And now I feel like even if it's a small things that I like that I care about, I will care about them so much. And I don't want to stop doing that just because I was hurt. And so 
I'm not going to lower my emotions or my love anymore just to seem cool or normal or to please like the other hurt people that haven't gotten to that point yet. I also, I know that you guys are learning a lot about me. I love anything to do with warriors or and adventures and that's why I love D&D. I love the music and the ambiance. I love the music that makes me feel like I'm battling, you know, like some crazy bad guy and I'm coming out on top. I've cried in D&D before when we played with my brother, me and my sister both cried, even though it's a totally fake scenario, but it tugs on real emotions that I felt in my life and that's why it's so good. Anyways, I'm sensitive, okay? I'm just emotional and I'm sensitive and I'm learning to love it and I'm learning and the reason I'm learning to love it is because I want to be able to control my emotions better, control my thought patterns when I have big emotions so that way I can use those big emotions to be myself and to perfect and to master those big emotions. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That was a lot. I feel like people are going to turn that off after turn that off after like five minutes of listening to me go on and on about random stuff that I like. It's like, who cares? <laughs> Thousands of you actually. And you know what else I love you guys? I'm not just saying this. I love this podcast. It's such, it has like such a sweet place in my heart because it's so stressful for me sometimes because I don't know how anything that I say is going to be received. And I just post it into the void of podcasting. But I know because I've talked with some of you either in person or in DMs. I know your guys' heart and I feel like I know you pretty well because you know me and I'm very open on this podcast. So I really do love posting and I want you guys to hold me accountable because I'm really not great with um, posting about my podcast or doing any kind of clips or extra content for you. It's not something I'm that great at yet, but I'm trying to learn how to be better at content stuff because I want to give you guys stuff, you know, and there might be stuff coming soon, possibly. Okay. So let's do a Dear Abby and then we will end today's episode and we don't have a, we don't have a friend of me today because we had Kean on, but we'll do one next week. Dear Abby, first of all, I love your podcast, and I love you in general. I hope you're having a good day when you listen to this. And secondly, I would like to know if you have any advice for somebody who is in a relationship with somebody, whether it be platonic or romantic, that has OCD or just anxiety in general, because my sister has OCD. She's been diagnosed and everything. Um, and it totally makes sense, like, looking back at our childhood and everything. Um, and then my husband, he struggles with a lot of health anxiety and also anxiety around telling the 100% truth. Um, he just struggles with that. It's kind of hard to... <laughs> explain it in short terms but um yeah so he struggles with that and I'm not sure if it's OCD but he has some tendencies that seem similar to OCD um or just a lot of anxiety around what he says and health so anyways um I've heard that reassurance is not the best thing for people that struggle with that 
And so I'm wondering if you have any advice about how to navigate helping them when they're struggling. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Um, it's very difficult to give good advice with not a lot of context of the individual experience that they're having, but, uh, I will try my best to give some advice from things that have helped me, um, from partners or loved ones. And you are totally correct. Reassuring them is not the most is not helpful. That's just going to make them feel less empowered to figure things out on their own and less empowered to stand up to their anxiety or their OCD on their own. So it, it's kind of honestly goes back to a victim mentality. I was very much like, well, because I am have anxiety or because I have OCD, you know, I'm the victim here. And it does feel like that sometimes because it does suck a lot and it's really hard and it feels very unfair. So I think having definitely stay away from any type of feeding that victim mentality and just try to empower them as much as possible it sometimes would really make me mad when my partner would not give me reassurance, like my boyfriend now. And I try to ask it in really sly ways. Like I would try to not just say, hey, do you think I'm a good person? It would be like, it wouldn't be a question. I would just say something or I talk about something and I would just hope that his response would be exactly what I wanted it to be to get that like reassurance from him. And it wouldn't be. And then I would get mad at him. And not like yelling mad, but like, I just feel like he doesn't care about me. He doesn't see me. And that's like so unfair to just expect that. So I think definitely stay away from feeding that victim mentality and um, helping them feel empowered to change themselves and to learn to accept and deal with what like life circumstance that they have because they, they cannot change that. That is their experience right now but they can change perspective and can accept and try to just live the best life they can day by day, little by little. Yeah, I just, I really value tough love when it comes to mental illness, when it gets really bad. Because when I felt like people babied me, I get why they did it because it felt helpful at the time. And sometimes it was very reassuring, but I think in the long run, what was more helpful was just acknowledging that really sucks really bad that, you know, that's what you're struggling with. And I know it's really hard for you, but that's just the cards you've been dealt with. So it's now your choice to like choose what you want to do with those cards. And I'm interested to know what, like just the, I just love, I don't know. I'm interested to know what the whole not telling the hundred percent truth thing is. If it's like a pathological liar or, because when people hear that, I feel like people just think of like a total just crazy person, you know, but really a lot of the times it's just there's like a part of them that feels very uncomfortable with being fully vulnerable and not telling the truth for some reason. I don't really know that much about that also, but I just feel like there's a huge, I don't know, there's just a lot of stigmas around a lot of mental illnesses because people don't really understand it. Mm, it's okay to make that you're probably gonna have to be the bad guy sometimes 
when it comes to not feeding their anxiety or their OCD by asking them, holding them accountable. I did not like being held accountable because <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. It's not that easy. And it's like, I never, they never said it was easy, but it's like, it is possible. So get to a point where you can also see that it's possible. Uh, so I think tough love, but keep the love in there. But it's good for people in the long run, I think, to get out of a really hard time. It's going to feel very counterintuitive, especially with a loved one. So that's probably the best advice I could give. And then just make sure that they, they are going to either appointments that they need to go to or maybe they go see a support group, have them find other people that, that have OCD or have anxiety, like health anxiety or that exact issue so that they can feel less isolated and less alone and a little bit more normal because there are a lot of people that have all of those issues out there. And when you find them, you're like, okay, so it's not like I'm not crazy and I can talk to other people and hear about their experiences. And then you find people who have recovered or don't worry about it anymore. And that's just always nice to listen to. So thanks for listening to the podcast though. Um, and for your kind words, Okay, that wraps up today's episode, you guys. I'm looking like Snape. <laughs> if you can see me on YouTube, I'm it's giving Snape from Harry Potter my hair. I I, I didn't dry because I when we just got back this morning from like this afternoon from camping, and my I just took a shower because I felt disgusting, and my hair hasn't dried yet, and it was gonna take a long time to dry, so I just recorded it with my hair wet, and it's not. <laughs> it's not what they call it's not what they would call serving serving a look as you would say okay you guys well that is all for today's episode I love you guys so much thank you for listening to this episode and if you haven't listened to all my other episodes I have a lot of episodes out there I think this is episode 46 so I have a lot of episodes that are kind of similar to this one, <laughs> kind of a little bit hectic all over the place. If you want to support the podcast, I would really appreciate that. When I get any type of validation and or any mentions or any DMs or comments or likes or anything, it's it really helps me to post more about it and feel more motivated to keep making these. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. I'm taking a ride to join at late. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house. I'm